Good morning, and thank all of you for joining us. This is Dr. Brooks with the Family Strong Foundation. Thank you for joining us on our Wellness Wednesday conference call, helping us to maintain some type of sanity and civility during this pandemic. Go ahead and grab yourself a paper and pencil for any questions, and please hold all questions to the end of the presentation so the speaker can convey all the information they need, but you also can get all of your questions, concerns, and comments addressed. Let's review call etiquette for any new callers that we have on the line. I currently have you all on mute. In order to unmute, you must dial star but again, please let's not interrupt the speaker. These calls are being recorded. A link to the recording for this call and all of our past calls are available on Dr. Brooks, Dr. Brooks, no, not Dr. Brooks, Dr. Shonda Says, uh, a weekly podcast that is available uh, wherever you are able to, if you have the ability, you can actually download the app that you can listen to podcasts on, or you can just click the link and an audio will play directly from your phone or device. At the end of this call, we will be sending out a survey for the quality of the call, as well as a link to join us on Facebook, listen to our podcast, and a link for our food vouchers. We did, we did receive all of the vouchers that have been put in since June, when we didn't have our money, our monies have been issued, deposited, cleared the bank, and the vouchers have been purchased. They will be mailed out today, July 15th. You should receive them in the next couple of days. Lady, I would like to thank the Ladies in Christ Prayer Alliance from Crowley. They are the inspiration for this call. I'd also like to thank our sponsors. United Way, St. Landry, Evangeline, their financial support ensures that these calls will last as long as we are in the pandemic. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, United Healthcare Community Plan, for all of their financial, emotional, and all other types of spiritual support that they have provided not only to us during this pandemic, but throughout the last four years of the Family Strong, they have been the oil that keeps our cause spinning. And today they actually will be our guest speakers. We will have Ms. Deborah Jones, who will be talking about reducing our toxic load during the pandemic. Once we get some of those toxins out of our system, you'd be surprised what kind of pep you can get back in your step. But before we start with Ms. Deborah, I'll just go ahead. We've been getting a lot of questions at the Family Strong about what the school looked like. And to be honest with you, all of the plans that are being put forth by Bessie and the individual school system really depend on what phase we're in, when it, what phase we're in, when schools reopen. So in St. Landry Parish, I just placed a graphic, or I will place a graphic on the Family Strong Facebook page. St. Landry Parish has um, published its plan. Its plan is, is if we are in phase one, if we are in phase one, 
when school reopens, that means we, we go back, <laughs> school will be 100% virtual. If we are in phase two, which we currently are, then kids would have a split schedule. Uh, Pre-K through fourth grade would go to school all day, five days a week. But middle school and high school would do two days of virtual and two days of face-to-face with one day off. And if we're in phase three, then all kids would go back to school face-to-face with parents uh, exercising the options for virtual school. But all of these plans thus far are dependent on what phase we're in when it's time for schools to reopen. I saw this morning on the news that Terrebonne Parish has um, delayed the start of school to September 8th after Labor Day. Um, I'm originally from north, uh, north, <laughs> north of America, up in Indiana. We didn't start school till after Labor Day back in the old days. And you might see more systems coming on board with a delayed uh, start of school so that folks can go to school uh, back to face-to-face safely. I read another article this morning that said that if we would practice stringent face mask wearing and all of the other safety precautions, that we can move into phase three within four to eight weeks. So that would definitely put us after Labor Day with our kids being able to go back to school safely. One of the concerns when it comes to young people is that these really young kids, the little bitty, they don't they, they tend to be asymptomatic. And the other day somebody asked me what asymptomatic meant, and I appreciated them for their honesty. Because I think that, uh, that people probably don't know, or let me phrase that, I think some folks don't know what it means. Asymptomatic means that they don't display symptoms. They, they, are, they are absent of symptoms. And so that's what's so tricky about the coronavirus is, is that anywhere from 5 to 80% of people who actually get infected might not display symptoms. But what they found in children is, is that children are a lot less likely to display symptoms but can also still be carriers of the disease. I relate, I, um, I kind of refer uh, or relate to the coronavirus like the AIDS virus. So if you remember back in the 80s when AIDS exploded on the scene, it was so deadly because some people were just carriers. All they did was go around and infect people. They never actually developed full-blown AIDS. They never got sick from it, and they never died from it. I actually have a cousin who's now been HIV positive, wow, 27 years, and has never developed full-blown AIDS because she is only a carrier, perfectly healthy, has birthed two children while she has been HIV positive, and her children are not HIV positive. I relate, I, I think about the coronavirus like that. You don't know if you don't get tested. And that's why getting antibodies testing is so important. That's the rapid response where they draw some blood and they can tell if you have the antibodies for the virus. Have you, ever, have you come into contact with the virus? And when antibody testing becomes further available, I will go and get an antibodies test. And I recommend that folks go and get those antibodies testing so that you can know if, if you've ever been touched by the virus. But when it comes to kids, a lot of them don't have symptoms. So the problem and the concern is if we send them to school and they start mingling with other children that might have the virus 
that are not displaying symptoms, so they won't have fever, they won't have the dry cough. Um, and kids, though, they now know that the virus looks different in kids. So uh, stomach aches. Uh, in New York, they found mouth ulcers uh, in a large group of children who had the coronavirus. So they might not present with traditional symptoms. They might not have symptoms at all. The problem is, is that they're going to come home, and at home there are, there are adults, adults who are susceptible to the virus. And so that's what the big concern is, is that, yes, children are much more likely to weather the virus without symptoms or come out of it relatively unharmed, but they're going to spread it, and the adults that they spread it to might not come out unharmed. So those are some things to think about if you're listening to the different arguments and you just don't know what, where to go. Just know that when people come with their arguments, they're coming from their perspective. Uh, so some parents are arguing to return back to school um, because they work full-time jobs, and what will daycare look like? Some people are rushing to reopen the economy because they're not making money, and so what are their lives going to look like? Then you have some people like me who are just overly cautious, and so I'm making decisions from that place. The best thing for you to do, though, is to go and get some facts from an unbiased source, like Dr. John Campbell out of the U.K. who releases a daily report. If you've watched any of his reports, and I know some of you have because you've contacted me, you know that he, does, he just presents the information from a scientific and medical aspect, he doesn't put a slant on it. He doesn't tell you how he personally feels about it. He puts the information out there for you. He tells you based on the information what he plans to see. And since January, he has been almost right on the mark. He has predicted exactly what was going to happen based on the numbers, not based on political views or anything like that, just based on the numbers. So when you look at the numbers, this is an extremely disturbing pandemic. Before I introduce our guest speaker, are there any questions, concerns, or comments about this topic or any other topic? You are all on mute, so if you have a question, concern, or comment, you'll have to dial star six. Well, then if not, I'm going to mute us all, and I'm going to introduce our guest speaker. It is my honor today to uh, introduce to you Ms. Deborah Jones, a community outreach specialist with United Healthcare Community Plan. Ms. Jones and I have worked together for the last four years presenting information on a plethora of topics. We've done the Heart Smart Sister program together, and I know several callers on the line were part of that program. Ms. Joanne really has through our four years of working together, helped me to live healthier. I make sure that I take my quality um, self-care time. I make sure that I'm eating a wider variety of foods, and I'm making sure that I spend a little time exercising. Together, now we are currently going through what they're calling their Jump Start program. So their Heart Smart Sister program was for sisters, but the Jump Start program is for everyone. A couple of weeks ago, we had Michelle Thibodeau on, and she started talking a little bit about toxins. More folks wanted to know more about that. I reached out to Ms. Deborah, and Ms. Deborah was happy and eager to join us today to talk about reducing your toxic load. And with that, I introduce Ms. Deborah Jones. Ms. Deborah, you are muted. You will need to dial star six. Thank you, Dr. Jones. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. 
Good morning, everyone. Um, I am grateful to be able to present this information. Probably about five years ago, United Healthcare um, paid for me to learn more about toxins uh, in our environment and how they affect our health. So I took a course uh, to become certified in teaching this information. It's pretty heavy information, and I have struggled with how to present it to you, but over the past few weeks, you guys have been exposed to so many heavy topics, so I feel very comfortable that you'll be able to digest, if not all of this, most of this, and be able to use it to to do better in life, uh, and especially during the pandemic. So we're going to talk about how do you reduce your toxic load, not only in the pandemic, in the during the pandemic, but during life. And first, I want to just ask a question: Why must we talk about toxins? First, our doctors and dietitians have advised us on how to address emotional eating, proper diet, reducing sugar and salt, managing stress, self-care, and the list goes on. Have you ditched the gluten, the sugar, the dairy, or whatever else has been recommended to you? Are you practicing self-care, mindful eating, meditation, and getting more exercise and sleep? Now we add to the list advice on how to minimize exposure to contracting the novel coronavirus called COVID-19. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and practice social distancing. All of this is great advice to move us forward in our health. But there is a critically important missing piece of the puzzle that many of us have never thought about, and it's called chemical toxicity. Just a brief overview of what toxicity is and where it comes from. There are 84,000 chemicals. I'm going to say it again. 84,000 chemicals are in the United States, the majority of which have never been tested for safety. Think about that. 84,000 chemicals in the U.S. that have never been tested for safety. The CDC tests for chemicals in the bodies of people in the United States and routinely finds more than 200 of these chemicals inside of our bodies. Many of these chemicals are linked to health conditions we're all trying to avoid, cancer, diabetes, insulin resistance, weight gain, thyroid disease, hormonal imbalance, infertility, and the list goes on again. We are exposed to these chemicals by doing just normal everyday activities like washing our hair, putting on makeup, eating, cleaning, and playing outside. While many exposures are unavoidable, there are many that we can easily address, and we're going to look at that today. We can address these especially in the home, and we can move from less toxic or non-toxic versions. Let's talk a little bit about weight gain and obesity. And we're going to talk about a chemical category of these chemicals called obesogens. Obesogens, and it's spelled O-B-E-O-G-E-N-S. Obesogens are chemicals that have the ability to alter your fat metabolism and promote 
retention. That means I'm doing everything that I can, but I'm still got fat on my stomach, and I'm still not being able to lose weight. And there are over 20 chemicals that are known as obesogens, and the list continues to grow every year. We're going to talk about four of them today. You may have or may not have heard of. The first one is called atrazine, atrazine, and it's spelled A-T-R-A-Z-I-N-E. It's one of the most widely used herbicides in the U.S. It's found in 94% of our drinking water tested by the USDA. It causes what we call mitochondrial dysfunction, which leads to insulin resistance and an increase in body weight and abdominal fat. Your mitochondria, these are organisms in your body, your mitochondria are unable to completely burn food and oxygen to generate energy, which is essential for normal cell function. So no energy, no life. A vast majority of our corn, sorghum, and sugarcane crops are sprayed with it, as well as our residential lawns and golf courses. We know that we need to take processed foods and sugars out of our diet so we can regulate our insulin levels, but if we're not also taking out the chemicals that interfere with that exact same process, then we're doing It's like eating kale for lunch but still having cheeseburgers and cakes for dinner. We can't just change one thing. So not only do you need to look at your diet, what you're eating, and try to eat healthy, but you need to look at what the food that you're eating that might affect you. The next chemical we're going to talk about is called phthalates. And it's spelled really funny. It's phthalates with T-H-A, but it's spelled with a P, P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. This is a class of chemicals used as a plasticizer and solvent to fix and hold color and fit. So they put it in, in your different uh, products to make sure that color stays in, make sure that scent stays in for a long time. That's good for the, the manufacturer, but not good for our body. It's found in shower curtains, makeup, personal care products, nail polish, shampoo, food packaging, and detergents. Phthalates are hormone disruptors that interfere with normal hormone signaling in the body. And they are what we call synthetic estrogens. They mimic estrogen in the body. So if you're getting foods and, and you have a normal estrogen load in your body, phthalates overload you with estrogen. Any product that has a fragrance added is likely relying on phthalates to hold that smell in the product. And then later on, on your clothes, your hair, your skin. So just check the back of the labels of the foods and the products, personal care products you buy. If it says fragrance on there, they're probably using phthalates to get their fragrance to stay. 98% of people tested 
had levels of various phthalates in their bodies. They also interfere with testosterone levels in males and females, and they can disrupt proper development, growth, and behavior in children. They can alter normal thyroid function and hormone production that regulates weight and fat spaces. The last one we're going to talk about are what we call PFOAs for short. Now I'm going to have two more. So PFOAs, it's a chemical and it's hard to pronounce. It's called perfluorooctanoic. So let's just say PFOA for short because that's how they're listed on the product. Use, these are used to make products resistant to heat, oil, stains, grease, and, grease and water. And they do not break down in the body or in the environment. That's important. To, so you really need to try to avoid these as much as possible. They're found in nonstick cookware like uh, Teflon, waterproof clothing like Gore-Tex, Scotchgard-type stain repellent, carpeting, and in your food packaging. While we are able to excrete some of this from our bodies through the bowels, it happens really slowly. Our exposure is constant, which means that we are building it up in our bodies faster than we can eliminate it. It interferes with the thyroid system, and this can affect digestion, reproduction, body temperature, heart rate, and even mental health. The last one I want to talk about uh, is BPAs, and I'm sure you've heard and you've seen labels on foods saying that they're not um, using BPA plastic in packaging their food products. But there's also uh, different types of BPAs. Well, B, uh, B, BPA stands for bisphenol A, but there's also a bisphenol S and then another longer name called BPSIP. A 2016 study examined the urine and blood of cashiers after their shifts and found a spike in BPA, BPS, and BPSIP levels. Plastics and canned foods aren't the only significant exposure sources of BPA. Enter thermal paper used in cash registers. BPAs are used as a developer for thermal paper instead of ink. The slight powdery feel that receipts have compared to regular paper is due to the presence of BPA in powder form. In plastics, BPA is at least bound in the material, and it still manages to migrate out. But in receipt, the BPA isn't bound at all, which means that it transferred to your hand is immediate. This matters for everyone, but it matters most for people working cashier jobs who handle hundreds of receipts every day. So the recommendation for cashiers is to wear gloves during their shift. And for the rest of us is to handle those receipts that we get as least as possible. I, as soon as I get them, I have a little pouch that I have carry in my purse. And as soon as I get them, I stick them in this pouch to just keep from running across them on a regular basis to store them. But handle those as, as least as possible. Okay, so we talked about four of these 20 chemicals that are fat disruptors. 
Um, I want to tell you, don't panic. Don't plug up your ears. I bury your hand in the head in the sand. While it's easy to get super paranoid about toxins, take a practical, real-world approach to keeping ourselves safe. Um, conventional detoxing like green drinks, fasting, they do nothing to adequately mobilize the toxins out of your body. In addition to eating better, cleaner, healthier foods, and moving your body more, you also need to understand and eliminate the toxins that can be contributing to your struggles with excess weight, thyroid disease, cancers, learning disabilities, behavior problems, and your compromised immune system. So, in short, in order to properly detox the body, we need to stop the flow of toxins in. And to stop the flow of toxins in, we must know where those toxins live, okay? So we're going to look at several areas in our environment that you can control. And the first thing we're going to do is look in the kitchen. So let's identify the overlooked chemicals hiding in the kitchen. In a room where we are already doing our best to cook and eat healthy, we can lower our toxic burden a little bit every day. Uh, let's take, for instance, pesticides. If you are gardening, if you have a garden, you want to choose natural and homemade insecticides, and you can find many recipes online for this. Most of them use vegetable oil mixed with a mild soap, and you don't need the harsh chemicals. Some even add garlic, chili peppers, onions, and cayenne. And there are some safe brands that you can find online. Seafood. There's a list. I'll give you a list of nine safer seafoods that you can buy. And thank God for me, I love catfish. U.S. farm catfish is on the list, <laughs> okay? So the other ones are farm-raised mussels, Pacific sardines, farmed sea bass, wild Alaskan salmon, which is another one of my favorites, farmed rainbow trout, um, and this one I've never had. It's called gilt-held sea green, oysters, and farmed Arctic char. What about your meat and dairy products? You should choose organic, grass-fed, pastured, and or wild-caught foods as much as possible. And eliminate or reduce your intake of processed meat. And we all like bacon, ham, sausage, hot dogs, and jerky. Even if they have no added nitrates, the process that they go through creates chemicals that could be harmful to your body. So if you're experiencing any kind of chronic conditions and you're doing everything that you can, you may need to look a little further and try some, some of these uh, suggestions today. Uh, I did give uh, Dr. Brooks, sent her the Good, Better, Best guide that she's going to post. If it's not on your Facebook page yet, she'll post it, and we'll get it out to everybody. But I have uh, a Good, Better, Best guide that was provided by 
the um, environmental toxic expert on this that taught the class that I took. Her name is Laura Elder. And what she's done in this guide is provided you tips that help you to get started and moving in this direction. Uh, for instance, with plastic in this guide, let's talk about plastic Tupperware. We all have plastic containers in our home that we store food in. Uh, plastic food storage containers are capable of leaching <coughs> harmful chemicals like the BPA we just talked about. Um, rather than pick and choose which plastics may be safer, it's better just to move away from all plastic food storage containers when possible. And here are some better options. The good option is to use plastic Tupperware-type containers for non-food items, storing your pencils, um, toy, little plastic toys, uh, utensils around the house. Then you can use those containers for dry food items, like rice, sugar. These are, they're not wet, and they're not going to, the, the water is what helps uh, promote the leaching of the plastic and the chemical into your food. So if you're storing dry foods like beans or uh, nuts or things like that, that's okay. It's not ideal, but it's a start. A better uh, alternative is to use glass fridge and pantry storage with uh, rubber lids. So you've seen the rubber or plastic lids on some of the storage that you can buy at Walmart, <clears throat> uh, Anchor Hawking and Pyrex and the uh, Ball Mason jars are good choices for that. Even better, when you're buying glassware, uh, food items that ha are in glass jars, save those. Run them through your dishwasher, wash them up, clean them, and use that for food storage. That's a very inexpensive way of converting from storing food in plastic to storing it in glass. The best thing is uh, to use glass storage containers with glass lids. So if you're using the glass storage containers with the plastic lids, just make sure the food that you put in there does not touch the plastic lid, okay? And um, Anchor Hawking and Pyrex and Libby have those types of containers. Uh, as far as your cookware, in the guide, it talks about nonstick cookware. So um, it's made with the chemical we talked about, PFOA. And uh, so additionally, you want to skip what they call those green pans since companies typically don't disclose what they're made of, and we have to make sure, until we can make sure of what's in it, it's best just not to use them. If your nonstick cookware is scratched, it's time to replace it. So if you've got Tupperware or any kind of nonstick cookware and there's scratches in it, you need to replace it, stop using it, because what you've done is that chemical is now easier to leach out into your food. So the good uh, option here is unscratched, nonstick coated cookware only. Never heat above low, medium heat, and do not preheat, okay? And use only wooden or silicone utensils when you're cooking. 
Because if you use others, they scratch and can bring up the chemicals. This is not necessarily good, but if you're not able to replace all your cookware, then just make sure you use it this way only. Work to replace these pieces as your budget allows. The best thing to do is to go back to what our parents and grandparents used to do, cast iron cookware. I'm sure everybody's seen a cast iron skillet if you don't have one in your home. So look for cast iron skillets and uh, use those, okay? You can also, the brands that are pretty good that they recommend are Cousinart, All Clad, and Tefal. I'm sure you've seen those, okay? What about food packaging? You want to buy frozen fruits and vegetables as as much as you can rather than buying food in cans because the foods are flash frozen, they're placed even in there, even in plastic, but they're cold and they're less likely to leach into your food. Buy glass rather than plastic-contained foods, especially for your tomato-based foods. Because tomatoes have a, the acid in tomatoes are leach more from the cans and the plastic than anything else. So if you're buying tomato sauce, look for it in a jar. It's, I know it's hard to find, but I have found it uh, at some stores. So it's better to buy it in a jar, a glass jar, rather than in that can. Never microwave and styrofoam or plastic. You're releasing gases into the air, especially with styrofoam, and then you're also releasing, if it's a wet, if you're doing something on a plastic um, plate or bowl, like spaghetti sauce, again, tomato is leaching more. So you've seen those stains, those red stains in your plastic bowls. That's that, that tomato sauce leaching into the bowl, but also the plastic and the chemical in that bowl is leaching into your food. It's okay to buy dry goods stored in plastic, and you want to use filtered water than bottled water whenever possible. And the reason I say that is because bottled water is is great if you have to use it, but a lot of times we don't know how that bottled water has been stored. If it's placed in a hot warehouse, it heats up, then the plastic chemicals that are inside that bottle are leaching into your water and vice versa. So you want to try to use filtered water whenever possible. I bought a water filter, and it's called Zero Water. You can find those at most stores or order it online. And I drink filtered water more often than anything. Uh, so, and I have, when I'm traveling, I have no other choice but to use plastic bottled water. So do your best. That's all that you can do. Okay. Next, let's look at our household cleaners. Uh, 
let's explore the harmful chemicals that pollute indoor air and can contribute, contribute to a wide range of health effects as well as safe behavior products and alternative approaches to cleaning. So um, back to that good, better, best guide, inside of it, it talks about household disinfectant cleaners. Most household disinfectants are overkill. Think about that. Most of them are overkill. I used to love Fabulosa. I used to love the scent. Okay, so we talked about the chemical that holds that scent. So, and you can notice, uh, think about when you walk down the detergent aisle of Walmart or one of the stores, you can smell that odor of chemicals. It's, from a lot of people, you think about it, it smells fresh. But those are chemicals that are leaching out of those bottles and, and the, the containers that they're in, and you can smell them really well. But most of them are overkill. Our obsession with the antibacterial products, especially now we're talking about hand sanitizer when we're not away from home using that, and, and lately we found out there are some of these hand sanitizers on the market that are made with chemicals in them that are harmful to you, and they are being recalled. Uh, so you want to be careful of that. Any hand sanitizer that you should use should be alcohol-based. So read those labels. If it's something other than water and alcohol in it that you don't recognize, this may be a chemical that's unsafe for you. Nothing's better than just plain soap and water. So the good thing to do is to use a 50% mixture of distilled water and white vinegar in a spray bottle. Now, some people may be allergic to white vinegar, so you'd be careful of that. You might be sensitive to it. But a mild soap like Castile, it's called Castile soap, C-A-S-T-I-L-E, and a, a popular brand is called Dr. Bronner's, B-R-O-N-N-E-R-S. I use that a lot. So I, and it's very concentrated, so you don't need much of it. I use it. Uh, I buy. It makes a foaming. Uh, when you put them in those bottles, in those containers, you can make a foaming uh, hand wash and put those around in your bathrooms and in the kitchen to wash your hands with. Okay. So they also in here gave a better idea, which is a a recipe for a DIY do your do it yourself mixture. And it's one cup of filtered water, three-fourths cup of white vinegar, two teaspoons of rubbing alcohol, eight to ten drops of essential oils. And I think Lauren David did the presentation a few weeks ago on essential oils. Uh, my favorites are peppermint and lavender, which are great for cleaning. But uh, once you explore essential oils, you can use those and add those to this mixture to make it a powerful cleaning and safe cleaner for you. You just mix those well, and then you can put them in an unused spray bottle, okay? The best thing to do is you can look online, and I'm going to give you a, a website that you can go to, and it's called the Environmental Working Group. If you Google Environmental Working Group, it's called EWG for short. They have many guides that you can use. You can actually put in the names of products 
uh, to see, and they grade them for you. So make sure you use that, that resource as much as possible because things change every day. What about your home fragrances? You want to choose, rather than the plug-ins, uh, you want to choose essential oils again and use the organic or therapeutic brands. Antibacterial products are no more effective, like I said, than plain soap and water at keeping you healthy. One of the things you watch for in those antibacterial is the chemical is called triclosan, and it's the main ingredient ingredient, but it's also a carcinogenic, which means it's a cancer-causing agent. Um, again, what about laundry soap, uh, powder? Again, if you go to the Environmental Working Group's website, they have a guide to healthy cleaning, and they give letter-grade scores from A to F on the various brands. House dust. How we dust? is important. This is also in the Good, Better, Best Guide. Household dust is more than just unsightly and annoying, but it can be a significant source of toxic exposure to things like the pesticides and flame retardants, especially if there are children in the home. So here are some suggestions. Better is to do wet dusting, using a damp cloth or rag instead of a feather duster use and also using microfiber cloths. They hold the dust rather than spread them in the air. The best thing is wet dusting, dusting with microfiber cloths, and also vacuuming with a vacuum cleaner that has a HEPA filter inside of it. Also, here's an important tip. Make a habit of taking your shoes off when you enter the house. And I think that's the protocol we've already uh, talked about as far as bringing in uh, to avoid bringing COVID-19 into your home after you've been out. This can prevent much of the harmful chemicals you track in on your shoes from spreading throughout your home. Okay? Okay, so I'm going to say this, and we're gonna, I'm going to give you a challenge. Uh, this is to do a detox challenge, and we've got three options. The first one is the five-day detox challenge. This detox is not going to get rid of all of the toxins in the body, but it can help reduce the burden they place on your natural ability to de detoxify because our bodies do eliminate and detoxify every day, but we've been so overloaded with chemicals in our society that, we, we haven't been able to get ahead of it. Our bodies can't get ahead of it, so we're going to help out a little bit. This detox will introduce you to some ways to start reducing your exposure to toxins in the home. When possible, follow 100%. So this is for the five-day detox. So if, you're, if it's able, follow 100% organic diet during the duration of your detox. One of the best things you can do is go back to that environmental working group. It's called the EWG for short. They have a list that they put out every year called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 Guide. The Dirty Dozen lists those 12 fruits and vegetables that is there where it's most important that you buy them organic or buy them locally from a, a farmer, 
that doesn't use these pesticides. And the clean 15 are those fruits and vegetables that you can buy. You don't have to worry so much about buying organic so you can uh, save money. For instance, strawberries are high on the list of the dirty dozen, so those should be bought organic. Whereas bananas are on the clean 15 list because of the thick layer, the peel is thick enough to, to uh, prevent the pesticides from getting inside the fruit. So that you don't have to buy organic. Okay, so now you want to try to buy 100% organic, avoid conventionally grown foods, and buy organic instead. Studies have shown that eating 80 to 100% organic diet can reduce the amount of circulating pesticides in the body by nearly 90% in just three to five days. So that's why this five-day detox is a good start. Avoid canned foods or storing detox meals in your plastic. Okay? And while not all plastics have BPA, nearly all plastics leach chemicals that can interfere with hormones in the body. So just remember that. Okay, so if you think you can do that three to that five day challenge, let's take it a little further. Let's do the fourteen day challenge. Avoid all perfumes and heavily fragranced items. Fragrances often contain the phthalates we talked about. Okay? Fragrances can also trigger headaches, asthma, and allergies. So if you've been having some headaches and asthma and allergies, try getting rid of the perfumes and fragrance things in your house. Start with obvious things like your perfume that you wear today or even scented candles, okay? If available, it's recommended that you use sauna therapy. Well, right now we're not going to anybody's spa for sauna. So due to COVID, opt for a detox bath, a very warm water, lots of Epsom salt, and a few drops of the essential oils like peppermint and lavender. I recommend filling your tub with hot water and just getting a whole bag of Epsom salt, pouring it in. Not just two or three cups, the whole bag. You can buy an eight-pound bag of Epsom salt at Walmart for for $5. That's what I do. I buy the $5 bag and dump it in my tub, and I sit there for at least 15, 20 20 minutes. You can also do what we call dry brushing, which is buying a, a, a nice brush, a body brush, and you can dry brush your skin uh, before you take a shower. That helps to release some of the the toxins that may be in your body. It gets your lymph system moving to help you to detox. So this can help break down the burn and burn the fat in the body. Okay. Okay. So we've done five days, fourteen days, and then there's also twenty one. If you're if you're really ready to go, let's do 21 to 28 days. Above all, do all the things we just talked about. In addition to that, you want to do, if you are, if animal foods are in your diet, if you're using animal foods, chicken, beef, uh, pork, choose organic, grass-fed, pastures, or wild-caught foods. Again, choose organic, grass-fed, 
pastured or wild-caught foods. Seafood should be wild-caught, not canned, and should be low on the food chain, so no tuna. So you can reduce your exposure to mercury and PCBs. So pick one of those challenges. Start with the five-day. If you're feeling good, move on to the next one. My goal today was to plant seeds of thoughts in your mind about why we're detoxing in the first place, why our bodies can't keep up anymore, and what other things lie ahead on your journey to wellness. I thank you, and if you have any questions, I would be glad to entertain them at this, at this time. Ms. Deborah, thank you so much for that. You never stop teaching me something. I see that we have a question. Yes, ma'am? Yes, I want to know what was the link, environmental work what? Environmental working group. Working group? Uh-huh. If you put EWG in, it'll go to it. If you just Google EWG, it'll get to the environmental working group. They have Thank you. A, they have a guide for the uh, household products and for beauty products. I put in, I use Shea Moisture products a lot, and I put uh -huh. that in, and it graded, it gives a, a, a number grade from a scale from 1 to 10 on the beauty products. And so okay. the zero, they give, they have a verified one, which is the best for them, the EWG verified, but they will have one and two, which is low exposure. They have three to six, which is, uh, you know, at, you know, medium exposure, and that's where most of the uh, beauty products that I use fall in. So I need to kind of look at some of the things that I okay. can get down to. Too. And then if you yeah. have 17, any of your uh, hair products, especially like your relaxers, all of those are going to be in that category. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I see we have another question. Ms. Daisy? Yes. Um, thank you, um, Ms. Deborah. Again, this is very awesome information. Um, it's a, a whole lot, you know, for us to take care of ourselves holistically. But I'm just yes. wondering if there's any way that we can actually get uh, a copy of it. Um, even though I took notes, it's still I still don't you know it's still a lot of information, and uh, okay. I don't really do Facebook. So is that um, any other way that we can just kind of get this information to review? And part two of my question uh, for Doctor Brooks, could you? Could you give us, repeat the information on, um, I think you said the, the scientists who you follow for your information rather than um, the politicizing and all of that uh, without his opinion. I missed that. If you can repeat that as well. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Daisy. So to, to, to answer some of your questions for Ms. Deborah, I am currently working on a way to get the PDF good, uh, let me make sure I name it right, Good, better, best guide. I'm working on a way to get that to you guys. What I'm thinking is, is that I'm going to put it up on our website and send y'all the link for you to download it because I think it's like a 29-page PDF. But we most certainly will get that to you. We're not able to put the PDF up on our Facebook page, so I was just sitting here trying to uh, uh, troubleshoot that. But we most certainly will get you the guide because I have the guide. That's the first thing. 
the second thing, every resource and thing that Miss Deborah referenced today while she was talking, because I knew that this was vitally important information, I Googled it and I put links on our Facebook page. So I put a link to the environmental working group as well as I put a link uh, talking about the four chemicals that uh, she mentioned. And the scientist that I'm following is Dr. John, J-O-H-N, Campbell, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, -L, Dr. John Campbell. He came to me, highly recommended from uh, my friend from the University of Illinois. She is probably one of the smartest people I know. That's who she recommended for, I to, for me to follow in March, and I watch him daily. He has really been spot on with his predictions because he's basing them on facts, not feelings or anything else. So thank you, Ms. Daisy. That's Dr. John Campbell. And for those who don't do Facebook, hopefully you have Internet access. I will find a way to put this up online, Good, Better, uh, Best Guide, and then you will be able to download it. If you don't do any type of um, – if you have an email address, and you'd like me to email you the file, you can text your email address to the phone number, or when I text you today, you can respond back. If you don't do text at all, you can call. If you want the guide, please do whatever. Please make an extra effort to make sure you get it from me. I have it, and I'm going to make every effort to get it to you. But some folks call from their home phone, so you don't get the text message. So if at the end of this call by Thursday or Friday, you still haven't received a way to get this, probably because you called from a home phone, please just call the Family Strong Foundation so we can make arrangements to get the information to you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ms. Daisy. Thank you, uh, Ms. Charles, for your questions. Are there any quest any other questions, concerns, or comments? Yeah, this is Deborah. I also, I don't mind giving my uh, email address if someone needs to email me directly. Um, yes, go ahead, please. It's uh, Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, underscore, W, underscore, Jones, at UHC.com. That's the United Healthcare. I'll repeat it again. It's Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, underscore, W, underscore, Jones, at uhc.com. Thank you, Ms. Deborah. Okay. You're welcome. Any other questions? This is our last call, Ms. Deborah, where you talked about the plastics, and that's why we have that red coloring when we warm up spaghetti sauce or something in the plastics in the microwave. I want you to know that since then, I actually have not warmed anything else in plastic. So I either use a ceramic or glass dish, or I just microwave it on the glass dish that's in the microwave. So if I'm warming up right. a piece of meat or something, I might just set it on the glass dish. So thank you very much, because I am a big guilty of that. And I am going to have to go out and purchase. Now I see why Pyrex is so... Um, Popular and important. So now I'm going to go yeah. out and purchase a pirate set so that when, um, especially when my baby son is warming up things, he's grabbing plastic because that's what I provide for him. 
and he warms up a lot in the microwave. So that's definitely been a change. I, I appreciate you for sharing that with us because if we don't know, we can't do better. And you gave us right. a lot. And what I, what I always tell people is just pick one. Start with one thing, kind of yeah. like the five days, seven days. Just pick one thing, the plastics. And now that I've mastered the plastics, I'm moving on to something else. I liked what you were saying about the cleaning, and I'm a big plug-in person, but I also do essential oils. So at, in my house, there's fighting because right now I have plug-ins in one room and essential oils burning throughout the room. And so that's my next right. goal 